Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible teacher, author, and adventure junkie. Join me each week for compelling conversations with leading voices that encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together, we'll discover miracles in life's messy moments and make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. I could not be more excited about my guest. She is not just a guest. She is a friend. And if you have watched any of the videos with Make Life Matter podcast, you already know her. You just don't know that you know her. She is the extraordinary Carrie Spring. Carrie is a passionate, energetic leader tasked with delivering a message of hope and purpose to everyone needing encouragement through their circumstances. After the tragic loss of her teenage son to suicide in 2013, Carrie has played an active role in suicide and bullying prevention. Her motto is never choose a permanent solution for a temporary problem. A podcast host and leader in the Unborn Movement team, her greatest blessing is her husband and two children. Carrie and I talk about finding hope after tragedy and how to navigate the pain of bullying in our culture. Carrie, I am so excited and honored to finally have you here. We have talked about it, but it is actually here today. Today is the day. I know. I, I just love that you're giving me this opportunity. And I just I just pray today that anybody who is looking for hope and has experienced any kind of loss um, just sees what God has done in our lives and, and through our loss and turned a tragedy into triumph. Absolutely. Well, I, I have a front row seat to your life and guys, she is the real deal behind the scenes. It's not like one of these, you know, um, stories where there's a story that you're hearing. And then when you know them, um, they're not walking the walk. She's walking the walk. She's talking the talk. Carrie, the first time I met you, uh, we were at a conference and I just casually mentioned in passing, you know, like you would have any conversation. So do you have any children and you married, whatever she was picking me up and, and graciously hosting me for an event. And, and, and early on in that conversation, you said, um, I don't know if you said I have to, or I had to, but, but right after that was, you know, one is in heaven. And uh, I, I don't even know what you said for about 30 seconds after that carry, because I just kind of time was suspended and hung on that. And as a mom of both a girl and a boy, we both have the same girl and a boy. Um, my, my heart just stopped for, for a, a minute there. And it's hurt a little bit ever since knowing that this is a part of your story, but I love the way that God is redeeming what you have lost and the legacy that you're leaving on behalf of your son. So I want to talk about uh, your story today and the ways we can carry combat the bullying. This is anti-bullying month in October when this is airing. So let's just talk about your story. Tell us about your son, Greg, and and uh, share anything that you want. And uh, I know it's going to be such a blessing. So, you know, we had our kids were only like 18 months apart. So Julianne um, was the older one and, and Greg was so she was off to college and Greg was um, in high school and it was it was in June time and he was a phenomenal athlete. He played soccer and was on varsity at a younger age and just really had this natural talent in sports. And as far as school went, you know, English and you know, math, he was good at English and stuff wasn't really his favorite subject. But if you put him in a woodshop, carving, lathing, electrical, or 
um, welding class, he did just the same things the teachers did. He just had that hands-on talent that just amazed me because there are things I could never do even at my age. So he was just a, a great all-around kid who just happened to be born with Tourette's. So it was, you know, all through his life, we had overcome it. We had really, most people didn't even know because of the things we did to really make him just an everyday kid that was out there in the world trying to decide what he was going to do in life. Mm -hmm. And God was so good about that in the way that we found the right doctors, we found the right medications, we um, encouraged him, prayed over him, helped him to see that God had created him for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And it was good. So we had, we had just, you know, gone through and, and he was 17 at the time. And, you know, it was, it was even a great weekend, the weekend before we, um, he passed and it was Father's Day weekend. Julianne was in a soccer tournament one way. He was in a soccer tournament in another direction. And we had come home and that Sunday night and went, you know, just celebrated Father's Day with my husband and my parents and his father. And the next day he got up and it was the last week of finals in New York, because of course we stay in school until the end of June Mm. and he seemed okay. He just, you know, kind of went off and, and he asked to go to his grandfather's and to help him out and which was a normal everyday occurrence usually. And so we, you know, we went off and everything was good. And, and later on that day, we couldn't get a hold of him. Mm. And so in the evening went, we were kind of like, hmm, something just isn't adding up right. And so we went up to my father-in-law's and later that evening is when my husband and I found our son and he had taken his own life. Mm. And that just, you know, for us, we had no indication that he was even thinking it, even had talked about it. We knew he struggled with bullies. We knew he struggled with you know, certain subjects in school and just had a hard time, but we just always had ingrained in him, you know, what God had created him to be. And, and we had just, it just totally shocked us and blew us, blew us away that Mm. he would even, he would even do this. And then, then the whole after effect of watching things unfold to find out just exactly what he was dealing with and, and, we just, we just were shocked because that's when the bullying multiplied to a far deeper level than we ever realized happened Mm. in his life. So, you know, just, just to give kind of like a little, you know, since this is going to be bullying um, prevention month, just to give an idea of some of the, some of the things we faced right after finding him Uh, the next day we, you know, we got up and of course, you know, things start going on the internet and, you know, the funeral home. And so we were, we had just approved what was going to be put on the funeral home page. And we had relatives all over the country. So we were like, yeah, this is the one page we're going to look at. We're we're shutting off Facebook. We're shutting off Instagram. We are not going to look at anything just in case there's negativity or whatever. But the, the condolence page we wanted to look at to see what the relatives and you know, find the good in it because those, those are the only positive things we could feel that we could find right then. And to our shock, um, we read the message the next day saying, ha ha ha, he's dead. I hope he's in hell. Oh, Carrie. And we just, we just sunk because here we are and we're like, 
you know, we've just lost our son and we knew bullying was there. We knew we had handled a lot of it, but we never knew it went to this extent. Mm -hmm. And then now we're discovering just how bad it is. And now things are adding up of, you know, is this what caused him to, to impulse and take his life? Yeah. So we were in this position of how as Christians do we handle this situation now? Because everything inside of us was like, we're going to go find these people yeah, and yeah. <laughs> give them a piece of our mind and go. But we knew that wasn't God's way. And we knew that we were under a microscope mm. and every action that we were taking, not only because of our faith and our walk, but because of this being a very unique situation in a school district that had 70 kids graduating mm. in his class. And, and they were all looking to us to figure out how to navigate through the loss of a, a friend and everybody knew who he was. Mm. So at that time we were like, okay, God, you're going to have to show us because I have not a clue which direction to go. And at that time um, we just kind of like lay there, just like God show us, like, honestly, we couldn't, we couldn't read. We couldn't, all we could do is pray because that was the only thing we physically could do mm. um, and knowing what to do. So, you know, there was, a revelation that came and and I I'll be honest, I think it's because the foundation of our faith led us to the point where we could really um, this early on be like God to show us because if I didn't have that foundation, I don't think we would have this, but I think it's key to hearing what God can do through a tragic situation. So early, if you've invested your life in his word. So one of the things that God really instilled in us is, that there were three things that we truly needed to do before we could bury our son. And, and this is so important because it was the stepping stones to starting to grieve properly and move forward into whatever was going to be. At that point, we had the unknown for us. We didn't know what the next path was going to be, mm. but for us, you know, we were like, you know, we have to forgive out of obedience. You know, Colossians 3.13 tells us that. John 8.32 tells us the truth will set us free. And we kept getting those verses brought to us. So the first thing we did is at the service, which we knew would be a huge audience of youngsters, and, and it was standing room only, we made the statement and we both put it in the bulletin and we announced it at the service that it was indeed suicide. And we did that for a purpose because we did not want rumors and lies and assumptions and stories and gossip and all those crazy things going around. We wanted the truth to be told and we wanted them to know that it was a poor choice and that, and that not to make that choice, but to talk to somebody. If you're feeling this way, if you're feeling depressed and you don't know what to do and you, you want reach out to someone, do not make this choice. Look at what's happened because this choice was made. Mm. And so we were really, and then we went into, you know, message of salvation after that we had the, you know, pastor lean in a little bit on that since he had their attention. And then the second thing is we had to forgive the person that, put the message board message up. And that was not easy because, it, you know, it, it stung. It, it stung in a, a level of even a greater level because they were not only bullying Greg, they were bullying us yeah. and my daughter and, and our entire family for the world to see mm. at a whole new level. But I'll be honest with you and the listeners, the hardest thing 
that we ever, ever, ever had to do in our life was to forgive our son. Because Mm -hmm. Greg ultimately made that choice that day. He chose to take his life, whether it was impulsive, whether it was a reaction to what he got on his phone, whether it was just, I'm scared, I don't know what to do. I Whatever brought him to that moment, he still had to make that choice. And, and he knew, he was ingrained with God's love. He knew who God was. He knew God helped him through all these situations, whether it was hard, hard classes in school, whether it was bullying, whether it was um, medically, whether it was anything that he had overcome he knew, but he still made that choice. Mm. And so we sat there and that was, that was something we had to, you know, we forgive, we forgave him, but we had to do it a few times. We, we did it and we did it willingly, but sometimes we had to remind ourselves and, and know that Greg was human too. And so that's where we started our journey. And it was so important to have that in place before we could even begin to grieve. That's so powerful, Carrie. Thank you for sharing not only Greg's story, but just um, just those steps that you you had realized very quickly that you were going to have to take. You know, it was the situation where you had no choice now in, in what had happened to him, but you did have a choice in how you were going to move forward in the situation. And I'm so struck by the fact that you know, this wasn't even your public Facebook. This was a condolence page. So this was an intentional um, uh, effort to add and inflict more pain onto what was already such a painful situation. That's almost hard for me and our listeners to get our head around and, and to listen to the things that Greg loved, that he was an athlete, that he was wonderful with his hands. And yet to think that the lies of the enemy, the, 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 the lies that were being sown over him from others mm-hmm. were so loud. Yeah. Um, and I remember Lisa Turker shared once about forgiveness and she said, you know, we have this initial act of forgiveness. We forgive the act of what took place, yeah. but then we're forgiving the impact of what has happened. And as you said, that's an over and over. I think people can sometimes misunderstand forgiveness and they're withholding the initial act of forgiveness until they have worked through every single piece of impact. Carrie, there's still probably days now that, you know, you're deeply impacted on probably a daily basis. So how, what does walking through this look like now for you and your husband and your daughter, your family, as opposed to what it looked like right after, especially speaking to the impact of, of losing Greg. Yeah, this, this is, this is a stage, you know, it's been eight years now. So we have, we have walked through all um, we've, we've navigated the waters through my daughter going finishing college, going to grad school, and now she's engaged in getting married next year. So there's been a lot of moments in life where those days are difficult where she he should be there you know those moments they were so tight they were best friends so those moments um have been very difficult knowing that he would be celebrating with yeah. with her with us and and um relatives having newborns and stuff so we've just mm-hmm. had to you know protect our minds and protect ourselves on those days and just um, 
celebrate with him and celebrate that we will see him again. Yeah. And, you know, I want to bring this one incident up because, um, you know, it was a mistake I made and, you know, I have to humble that I made it, but I think it's so powerful the way God corrected me in, in what I did and what I tried to do wrong, because I think it shows as Christians what we need to do. And it still is effective today for me. And I really sometimes have to step back. And, and that is, you know, as I was crying out to God, right, probably a month or two after Greg had passed, I was like, you know, God, you, you see, remember that kid who he's overdosed twice and you brought him back with the, you know, with the, the injection, the Narcon injection. And this one had two car accidents. He should have been dead. And he's still here. You know, why that day did you not save Greg? You know, you could have, you're the only one that could have, but why didn't you, why didn't you take those others who, you know, were making poor choices and, and, stupid me. I'll be honest. That was really stupid of me to do that to God. And, and, but God struck me hard and I needed it. I'll be honest. He said, those others I knew were not coming home. I knew Greg was coming home. Now it's your job to go out and witness to those others. Wow. And I was like, Oh man, that was really dumb of me, (laughs) but it really geared me around of that question of, you know, why God didn't you answer my prayer? Why God was my home not enough for Greg? And some of those questions that gear up in your mind when the when the negativity comes. And even today, you know, I look at that and I have to be grateful that Greg is home. I will see him again. We have heaven. And so that is important, you know, even to listeners just to say is, God has a good purpose, no matter what it is. And even in the midst of tragedy, you won't see it right away, but God doesn't do things for harm. This wasn't God's, you know, trying to hurt Gino and Julianne and I, God didn't have a part in that. That was evil of this world, but God protected our son. For some reason, he thought his protection was taking him home. Mm-hmm. Um, so just gear that in your mind when we talk a little about, about what we're doing now, because some people are like, how can you live joy? So joyful. Now your son isn't here. He's in heaven. Well, I live joyfully because God is in my heart and I know heaven is real and I know I'm going to see my son again. So those are just some things that I think that just are so important to understand our faith and understand where we are. Um, and, and I love Philippians one six, for I am confident of this, this very thing that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. And I love that because he has created something in Gino and I that we are continuing to do the work of Greg's not, not keeping Greg's alive, but keeping his memory alive and helping other kids not to choose suicide as a choice to, to think that that's going to solve the problem. Mm. And, and he has been so gracious. We, we have a scholarship in Greg's memory that we have had, gosh, I think we started in 2014 by the time we got the first ones to be given out. And we've given over $25,000 away. And what I love about that is we're giving it to kids that are going into trade and technical programs, kids who have persevered through circumstances. And it is, it is the most awesome thing ever because here's the catch. We are backed a little bit by the Sabres because we go up and do games and guess who comes and does the games with us. We get 25 people. They're from our church and we walk in there and we change the atmosphere of a game. And we are so connected with them that it enables us to give and give and give back to these kids. And when you see the full circle of that, that's God's hand in it. Because there are so many things that have come across that way that 
we have been so blessed with extra opportunities, extra games. Uh, we just did the give 716. It only God. It's not Carrie and Gino. It's it's only God. And all these kids are benefiting and they know our faith. They know our walk. They get cards from us. They thank us. We get cards years later saying, you believed in me when you gave me that scholarship. And I want to tell you what I did because you were the only one that encouraged me to do that. Wow. And how do you, how do you, how do you, what do you say to that? That's that, that, that's just, Yeah. So that is the Gregory D spring perseverance scholarship fund. I'm going to put the link in the show notes here, Carrie, because people can give to the scholarship fund. How do you determine who will receive a scholarship? And you shared something so tender with me a couple of weeks ago. You texted me a picture of a recipient of the scholarship fund. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> and you said that he's going to walk you down the aisle for your daughter's wedding. Um, and I just, I was so <laughs> impacted by that because you know again there's an there's a moment that you want greg to be there and he's not and so in his absence here is a recipient of his scholarship how do you choose who receives that um and obviously what a difference that has made in even just this one young man's life yeah um well first of all we have six schools that we give it out to in our area and we have we have a representative within the school, each of the schools that is unknown to the people <laughs> they're just known to us <clears throat> who give us the inside scoop on the students and there's an application process through the foundation. they handle all the money, and all the <clears throat> scholarships are turned into them. And we go through them and we read every one of them. But when you say the inside scoop, they've identified students who are targeted from bullying, who maybe are vulnerable um, in some of these areas. So they have you have partnered with them to help you identify. um, Is it all boys? Oh, no, no. It's boys and girls. No, we simply just want those students that are both have persevered. They understand what perseverance means and they have to answer that question on the application. Sure. We're looking for trade and technical programs because really in our area, there are no, there are very few scholarships available to those kids. <clears throat> Most everything goes to the top 10% of the class. You know how that, you uh. know, it's just, it's just balanced that way. Grades aren't necessary thing. The person on the inside, what helps us is attendance, you know, how are they are in school? Do they turn in their homework? You know, because if we're not getting a student that has a 96 average, we want to know, are they getting an 80 because they don't show up? Or are they getting an 80 because, you know, they're great at welding, but English isn't their, you know, primary sure. top subject. Sure. So, so we just, you know, kind of protects it a little bit. Um, and it enables us to give more. And so we usually give between 10 and 12 scholarships a year wow. um, to different things. So, that has been a thing, but the picture that you were talking about, and, and I hope I can get through this, but mm. Greg's, Greg's heart, he was always helping others. And he was, and that's partly why we started the scholarship. And, and he just loved to be there for others and be a role model for others. And Eric, um, Eric Spring Jr. Um, was, I'm trying to think how old he was. I think he was eight years old when Greg passed away. And just a few months before that, he had called Greg and said, hey, I got this new um, Bionicle and I really need your help putting it together. And Greg drove up. He went right up there. He was so excited. And and they took a photo together and he helped him 
put it together and they were just like best buddies. Mm-hmm. And even though they were cousins, Greg just always connected with him and, and they talked to each other and just whatever they just did it. And here we are um, eight years later, and this was a soccer tournament where we give out a perseverance and sportsmanship award. Um, so it's kind of precluded from the scholarship, but included in the same um, award base. Uh, and this year he was chosen mm. and, and it really, <laughs> I'll be honest, it really was hard to see him get announced and we didn't kind of didn't have a, a warning of it. And it brought us to tears because this young man has not only overcome the loss of Greg, he mm. has grown up in ways you couldn't imagine. And, um, and so we had asked him because obviously Greg would have walked me down when Julianne gets married um, because, you know, Julianne will be walked down by Gino, yeah. um, but he's our Greg, you know? And so he's going to um, walk me down next year. It's so beautiful. And it just, it just speaks to the impact that Greg's life is continuing to have and the way you've stewarded the impact of his life, Carrie, I think that's so important for all of us listening. There are all of us that go through things. We will all go through things that we did not want to happen, that we, um, we didn't see coming. We, um, really have to work very hard with the help of the Holy spirit to overcome, to endure, um, so we may not be walking exactly where you've walked, but we can all relate in some ways to feeling blindsided by a situation and then being left with God, how do I not only initially navigate this, but then how do I steward even the pain that you um, have allowed me to go through? Like you said, okay, God, you could have stopped this. So we have to kind of work through those process and back to back up for a second. I don't think you're dumb or stupid. I think you're, <laughs> I think you're human. We're all human. And we've all asked those questions. Because we know God is sovereign. So we know that he can intervene and he can stop things. And so when we are left in the aftermath of these situations what we, that we cannot change, we can still decide how we're going to steward that and steward the impact and the legacy yeah. of not only Greg's life, but, but your life that you're living now. And this is a part of your story. It's a, it's a very big part of your story. And um, I just want to thank you for the way that you're making your life matter, Carrie, in so many ways. And that Greg's life continues to matter, not just in a young man named Eric, but in, in thousands of listeners now that are hearing and people that were at his funeral, people that are at these games, it's just exponential. You probably can't even count the impact now at this point until you get for heaven. And I know we're almost out of time, but I want to ask you a couple last questions. If someone's listening, Carrie, and they know their child is being bullied, maybe it's online bullying, maybe even adults that are feeling bullied for their faith. Right now, these are um, challenging times that we're living in. What is a piece of encouragement you have for a parent or even adult who is in the wake of bullying? My first, my first thing is your identity is not in others; it's in Christ, and you need to seek out who you are and who God created you to be. And I know that seems like, oh, that's just a biblical perspective, but it, but it is truth. Because if you allow others to identify you and to mark you and to label you, you will never find satisfaction or joy in who you are. Mm-hmm. So I would I would encourage that. And two, you need to get off social media for a while. 
social media can be the greatest thing in the world, connecting with people all across the country, but it can also be the worst thing to do when bullying comes into place. And, and I, I didn't even, I'll be honest, I didn't even realize the level of bullying that was taking place at the time. Mm. And it can be a temporary blockage. It can be, you know, there are ways to curb it, but I'm telling you as parents, there are some apps out there that hide apps behind the apps or hide ways of uh, bullying to be able to happen. They're hidden with inside apps. For example, you could have a calculator and behind the calculator is a hidden app that these kids are actually communicating and bullying with others. So you have to be aware of what your kids are using and doing if you're enabling them to have a phone or a computer in their room, which I highly suggest not be happening. Um, Unfortunately, it's a computer driven world, but if you feel there's bullying and you feel that there's something happening in your, in your child's life, you need to take these actions to find out what's happening, where it's happening. And, and the other thing is you need to report it if it's happening in your school and sometimes take it to the state level. Thank you, Carrie. That's so helpful. And I want to just mention again, the scholarship fund, the Gregory D spring perseverance scholarship fund. And, uh, and you're encouraging us to persevere through difficulty, through adversity, to know that our lives matter, that Greg's life mattered, continues to matter. And I know he's the first person you're going to want to see (laughs) when you get to heaven. So this is an obvious question in a way, but other than Jesus and your beloved Greg, what person in the Bible, Carrie, are you most looking forward to meeting? Someone who's inspired you to make life matter as you have, you, you talked about the foundation the word has been for you. Who is that one person you cannot wait to meet? You know, I tossed around and, and, <laughs> and I'm like, I knew this was coming. I'm like, oh, which one do I pick? It's tough. But you know what? And, and this might surprise you, but I actually, Noah and Mrs. Noah, hmm. because I, as I, as I ponder, I'm like, he gave them both such a big task and they were ridiculed. They were mocked. They were thought, everybody thought they were crazy. And I actually lean more towards Mrs. Mrs. Noah, just because she was obedient and submissive to what her husband's call was without complaint and who, what wife would be there saying, yep, I'll clean up all that poop. Yep. I'll live with all these animals. And, and so I think I lean that way more because I'm going to be, how did you withstand it? How did you withstand all those animals? How did you, how, what, how did you react when your husband came home and told him what God told him that yeah. was going to happen? I mean, did you think he was nuts? Did you, how, how were you submissive and, and obedient to what he was called when it was such a crazy idea? And, and, but on the same token, I want to, if my husband is given that call, I want to be submissive, no matter how crazy of an idea it is, because God sometimes plants those things. I know he's done it to me that might seem crazy to people, but my husband supports me and I want to be that supportive. And I want to do what God calls me to do without complaint and without resistance. Man, it's so good. No one has ever said that. And no one's ever said that. <laughs> that's never been an answer. I think it's a powerful answer. It's an understandable answer because, you know, this, this arc took you know, what, a hundred, 130 years crazy. It's not like it was built in a month, you know, modern technology. So this is year after year of enduring ridicule, which really is a a form of bullying. They just, they took it. Not, no one wanted to come in. No one believed them. Um, I'm not surprised by that. And the fact that she doesn't even have a name, Carrie, she's just Mrs. Noah. She's just, yeah. 
to us may be a, a seeming nobody, but she's certainly not a nobody yeah. um, to God. She, and, and, and in order for her to be submissive to him and to the plan of God, mm-hmm. she had to have a submissive heart. Absolutely. Yes. So I think that's really what I've seen in you, Carrie, you're able to submit to the plan of God because you're submitted to God. Mm-hmm. And if, 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 if anyone is listening, I'm telling you, and you are struggling with the situation, if Carrie's story tells us anything, it is that we can choose to have a submitted spirit to the Lord. And, and that's a yielded spirit. It's a pliable spirit rather than being hardened and bitter and angry. And you could be all of those things, Carrie. And I'm not saying you don't have moments, you're human, but to, to choose all of this is the power of choice to say, I'm choosing to submit to the Lord, to give this to him on a daily, weekly, yearly basis. It's, it's so powerful. I, and I'm, I'm just so honored to know you and that our, our lives connected later in life, but you've yep. a dear friend that I feel like now I've known my whole life, <laughs> just the friend you all wish you had, I'm telling you, she's one in a million Carrie. And I want to make people sure people know the Gregory D spring perseverance scholarship fund. Maybe, you know, someone who has lost someone to suicide. You want to be a part of sowing into the next generation, making sure this is never anyone else's story that we can see young boys, young girls um, facing bullying. This is a really difficult um time in our, in our world. And, uh, you know, some of us at our age, Carrie didn't have to navigate the things our children are navigating online. And so if you want to be a part of that scholarship, we, we just encourage you to go on there and uh, connect with Carrie. Maybe her story has resonated with you deeply. Uh, Carrie, they can connect with you on Instagram. They can connect, connect with you on Facebook, K-E-R-I, Spring, S-P-R-I-N-G, Carrie Spring. And uh, I want to just share, guys, she's going to pray over us in just a moment. She's going to pray hope and purpose over your life. But before she does, the scripture that God uh, led me to today for today's truth that matters is in Colossians, which, you know, I wasn't thinking about it till now, Carrie, but that book is so much about heaven and keeping our eyes up and heavenward, no matter what we face here in life. And I just felt like this is such a reflection of the way you're living your life, these verses and the challenge you're giving us in spite of adversity to live our life this way. It's from Colossians three verses two through six, devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. This is Paul speaking, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should be wise in the way you act toward outsiders, make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. Carrie, I feel like you just embody those verses, the challenge for all of us today. Thank you for your life. Thank you for um, the way your family is continuing Greg's legacy. And I would love for you to just pray over our listeners as we close today. Yeah, I'd love to. Oh, Heavenly Father, we just we just thank you for who you are. Um, I just ask you that you just um, draw in all those people that are hurting today those that are feeling depressed or anxious and not sure what to do or what path to take because they are impacted by a bully or they just 
just don't have an identity because they're relying on their identity being in people and not in you. And I just ask that you find them and, and pull them in and show them that their identity is in you, Lord. What others say is not their identity. It's, it's you that gives them their identity. And Lord, I just ask that if they can't find you, that you just direct someone to them that will show them the way to you. And Lord, because life without you isn't life. And Lord, I just ask that um, as this month, um, we have a lot of different activities going on, just talking about bullying prevention. I also ask that you just reach out to those that are bullying and help them to realize that it's a poor choice and that you're hurting others. And it's not, um, it's not something that is going to bring joy to anyone, including themselves. So I just, Lord, I just ask that you just touch this world. And as we've prayed over the years, is one of my things my husband and my daughter and I have just consistently asked is that that bullying would not exist anymore. And for those that say that that's impossible, I say nothing's impossible for my God. And Lord, um, I just thank you for the ministry that you've allowed us to have. And I just ask that you just continue to use us and others to help fi- find joy for those that are hurting and to continue a life that's reaching others and helping others and leading them to have hope for a future, to help them to realize that heaven is real and that there's so much joy knowing that this is just a temporary home. And so Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for Angela. I thank you for this podcast and all the truth that is spoken in it. And I just thank you for the listeners here today in your precious name. Amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com, Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV, and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.